judgment overload. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, no. That's a great statement to get us started. Comics overload, but also judgment overload. No, I don't. You get judgment, and you get judgment, and you get judgment. (laughs) I don't know if there's a comics overload. I do love a lot of comics, but judgment overload is what I can definitely agree with. Did you hear that, folks? I do love a lot of comics. Yeah, I said it. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I am the Victorious Justin. He's victorious because they read comics now. And she likes it. She's not just doing it to appease me, to, to make me happy. That's true love, folks. That is true love. I will say this. I generally like comics. <laughs> I didn't love everything about this week of comics. But I don't want to start us off on a negative note. So I'm sorry for saying that. All right. Well, that's good. We're talking the Judgment Day issues in this episode. And then we'll do some of the other issues with some other stuff in a next episode. Yeah. So it's just the four judges. We've got Wolverine number 24, Death to the Mutants number two, Immortal X Men number six. And Marauders, number six. Now, that is the order we'll be talking about them, and it's not how we normally order things. That is specifically organized by their order in the reading checklist. Judgment Day timeline. Judgment Day timeline. Not in favorability, because this would not be the order in my mind. Can can you tell me what your order might be? What would my order be if we were talking about them? All right. It would be... Death to Mutants first. Yep. Get that right out of the way. Rip that Band-Aid off. Just got to go. Then Marauders, hmm. I think. I think Marauders and Wolverine are tied for me. That, yeah. Yeah. Marauders and Wolverine are tied and Immortal X-Men would be last. That's the king. Yeah. Yeah. The Black King. <laughs> the Black King. Who we are joined by today on our table after also taking a, a solid 20 minutes to set up Miss Frost and then giving up and putting a cup behind her that you can't because see. You can't see it on the video, but I can see it here. And I did take a giant gulp of the rest of my water so Just that so it could be there. she could be there and I could be hydrated because somebody needs to work on the legs of female figures and solidifying a better... Heel structure. I know heels are classy, but they're certainly hard to pose. Sure. And those those tiny little legs, they don't got a lot of uh, structure to them. Not at all. Not a good base. But you know what does have structure? Our episodes. Because right now it's time for the news. The news. Expert segue skills. The, um, the friend of ours who was the re- the one who requested the sound of the news. He doesn't listen to the podcast all the time because he doesn't read the comics, but he'll always like pop in. And he texted me the other day and he said, I listened to a recent episode and I got so excited when I heard the news sound. Thank you so much for taking my <laughs> suggestion. And I was like, it's a great suggestion. Oh, man. I quickly just opened up my phone to look at something and Mm -hmm. saw russell dodderman and posted a new x-men red cover and i got immediately distracted because abigail brand is on the front abigail that dirty devil all right anyway anyway 2023 stormbreakers were Mm -hmm. announced so the title held by our friend joshua cassara they have a new class to welcome in 
including a number of familiar names. Oh. Lucas Wernick. <gasps> yes. C.F. Villa. Oh. Jan Bazaldua. But not the Milla. No, it's for pencilers. Okay. <laughs> but not the Milla. And Federico Vicentini, nice. who was on X Deaths of Wolverine and this week's issue of Wolverine. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was cool just to see that many people that we recognized from their work. Congrats to those creators. That's awesome. Yeah. Test Kitchen is a new Infinity comic on issue two featuring Emma Frost. Test Kitchen. And it's like a kitchen comic. And she's like, not really on a date with Tony Stark, but they're both Ugh. there. You know, I, know, I had you and I lost you. But it comes with a recipe. I haven't actually read it, but I'll, I'll read it before. It comes with a recipe. Yeah. Like a real recipe Like the recipe try. of the food that they eat. What do they eat? Do you know? It was something. No, I, I only scrolled through. Okay. I didn't actually read it yet. All right. I don't love the Tony Stark part of it, but yeah. Emma Frost and a recipe I can eat. Thor Love and Thunder. On Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Today. Today. I want to watch it again because I didn't have the most favorable opinion after the first watch. You really didn't. I didn't. I wanted more gore. Yeah. Gore the God Butcher, not just general blood. Man. <laughs> I Which, was going to say, I you mean, know what I wanted more gore from? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen some good movies and we've seen some okay movies. I, yeah. I was really excited for this. This isn't nope. a podcast about movies, so I won't get into it. No. But. Any predictions on this week's poll? Oh, of what the best comic was? And now, I mean, was this inclusive of all the comics? No, because you're limited to only four options. And yeah, I didn't cool. realize that until I was walking to my meeting today and I was trying to post it really frantically and sweating <laughs> and like, all over the oh place. Oh, my God. Why can't I do this? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Judgment Day issue of the week. So it's just Marauders. Immortal it's X-Men. the four. The four. Immortal X-Men wins. Is it clear? It's clear. 76%. Yeah, that's 76%. Accurate. That's because the people, and they know what they're talking about. Death to the Mutants and Wolverine tied at 7%, and Marauders barely beat them out with 10%. Yeah, sorry, Marauders. I think I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. I, I did. I really liked Wolverine, though, so that's the, that's the conflict. Yeah, yeah. Well. Wolverine. Wolverine. Are you ready? Uh, before we get started, sure. I would just like to shout out that um, unintentionally, you and I are both wearing shirts by the same artist, the same designer today. Oh. So because, well, I actually just thought to myself today, what shirt do I want to wear? And then I was like, I want to wear my ex-lady shirt. And then the song like, where my girl's at? From the front to back that came in my head. So I put that on my Instagram story and I tagged Sergey Towers, who is the artist of the shirts. And now that we're doing video recordings of the pod, I was like, I got to be in an X-Men shirt. Look at me. I just happened to choose an X-Men shirt today. And then you put one on when you came home from work. And yours is also a Sergey Tower shirt. You know, I might have to buy new X-Men shirts to make sure that I'm not wearing the same. Honestly, so Sergey's X-Men fan shirts and X-Men fan t-shirts on Instagram and then Sergey Towers on Public, And I was looking through his page today to make sure that that's who this shirt was actually by before I tagged him. And I was like, ooh, there's a couple on here I kind of want. There's one that's like pocket-sized white queen and it's like got a pocket drawn on it and like a tiny little Emma Frost like popping out of the pocket. A little action figure. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, I might need that one. Mm. But anyway. For another day, another time. For another day, another time. Now it's time for Wolverine. 
Wolverine. With all these wolves, metaphorical wolves, I assume, mm. as they're cracked in the eyes with the Celestial's judgment. Ah. I mean, this is a dope cover, regardless of what what story it goes with. Um, they also, though, look like the wolf that is the Hellbride's mm-hmm. little sidekick. Yeah, yeah. So. Little attack dog. Could be that. Let's dig in, shall we? Page turn noise. Self-justification. Is this the same animal from X-Force number one? I don't... You, I, I don't know. I don't, it, it just looks similar. It's the beast that Beast and Wolverine were talking about and the, the nature of the animals. It's a different color, but... And obviously, we then later find out that it's a lot of mind manipulation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it is, but maybe it's like... Maybe. The remnants of... It's a reference to... Right. But don't expect me to remember something like that. Oh. I vividly remember it. These deep, sad monologues are Benjamin Percy's sweet spot. For <laughs> Logan and now Craven, and his wasn't sad though. His was boisterous, but yeah. Logan's is just, I don't know. It's Logan's all, going through it right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, it's all relatively true. This guy who has done all these things over time and who just keeps on having to do it because it's all he knows, it's all he is. Mm-hmm. That's honestly why I picked this shirt because it's all the about the Wolverine. Of Wolverine. As he's fighting ghosts, we see all the people he's killed at various times. Yeah, Gene? Wolverine number one, this run. He was manipulated by the shadow girl, the the white lady. I don't remember her name. Oh, yeah. That was many, many issues ago. So was X-Force number one. Yeah, I know. Moira's here, though. I do appreciate Federico Vicentini coming on the book. He had done... X deaths and mm-hmm. has a very distinct style that immediately I recognize. Yeah. And I do, I, I love when yeah, I, I can like recognize, well, I love his artwork for sure, but I love when I can recognize an mm-hmm. artist and I'm getting better and better at knowing specific artists style. His is very distinct though. Yeah. Justify yourself, all these lives. Do you feel the weight of your judgment? I, f- I feel like he's getting an intense amount of, Judgment thrown at him just because of all these deaths. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because he's Wolverine. That's he's his Wolverine. job. That's yeah. his job. Kill people. It's what he does best. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a title page. Guess what the title is? Judgment Day. Hell to Pay. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Federico Vicentini. Color art by Frank D'Armada. Letters, Corey Petit. VCs, Corey Petit. Into the hellscape. Dun, dun, dun. Got a little revenge plan. She's been stewing on it. The hell you are. I really needed the recap because in the little summary section of the title page because I I remember the battle for the swords, but I didn't remember specifically about this wedding and that... The Hellbride. This Hellbride would be particularly upset. Oh, yeah. Her and, husband was um, killed. need revenge. Yeah. No, so. I, she's been stewing on this. This is... I, I really like the fact that we're revisiting this plot thread that I didn't know that we needed to come back to, but the mm-hmm. fact that it ties in nicely to Judgment Day motivation, I think was really good. Yeah. And and the art is just like the mm-hmm. beast looks so twisted and disgusting. Yeah. So twisted. So disgusting. Girl, quit talking to me like I'm your kid. I'm the freaking devil, man. Yeah, but I gotta go. You don't need me here. You got things to do. I got things to do. I'm stronger than you think. I'm taking the hand with me. Gotta go. And we fly into solemn soiree, a little 
penthouse seat as he watches all the destruction. I've got a somewhat embarrassing confession to make. So this is Solemn. Marauders has Somnus. You thought they were the same person? No, but I did get them confused in my mind. Like today reading, I didn't think they were the same person, but I kind of like forgot they were different people, if that makes sense. No. no. (laughs) Like once I was reading Marauders, I was like, wait, whoa. They're not the like Solemn, the Iraqi sword bearer who has adamantium skin and has been introduced as a arc rival to yes, Wolverine. Yes. He is the one who also fornicated with Krakoa in an other issue. <laughs> Why does that stand out to me? <laughs> I don't know, Justin. I don't know. But OK. Anyway, I admit that I had some confusion there. And now it is definitely clear that they are very, different very different people. For all the destruction around him, Solomon is just living it up, right? He's just seeing all that's happening below him. I choose cold grapes and a hot mouth. Mm-hmm. Some people choose to be angry. He's just living it up. He loves it. But then there's danger afoot. But wait. The Hellbride and her demon spawn coming in, tearing through all these people. He, mm. just, he just leaves. He can't be bothered with cleaning up this mess. No. He's got to go. He's going to go get some help from a frenemy. Yeah, which never works out for anyone. No. You only get one life, so why not live deliciously? Deliciously. I like to imagine the afterlife is a plump peach with a bite taken out of it. Heaven is a bottomless bath of wine. My Bible is written in song and poetry. I worship with Bacchus, baby, at the pulpit of pleasure. If you dare to offer me misery, I'll give you a sword to the stomach in return. I would much prefer to thrust in ecstasy. So join me there instead. Solemn. You know who Bacchus is? Of course. Okay, just checking. Greek god of parties, wine, and... Indeed. Celebrations. Indeed. But wait, because in the midst of all of this, the progenitor is still here, and he's still judging. You coming into my house and think you can't be judged by my rules? Just saying. You're here. I I said it to everybody. You get judged. You came to Earth. Your fault. You have till the end of the day. The hell crew is visually terrifying in the best way. Mm-hmm. As we get ready for the moon. Wolverine just busting through the gate into the summer house, cursing the celestial's foolish assignment. Do you think that he's mad that it's called the summer house? Like he lives at the summer house? No. He didn't care? He doesn't live anywhere, Justin. He has a room. Where he else does he live? He stays there. He just grumbles. He never goes to sleep. He does. He's a loner. Remember? He's a loner with a family. He's a multiple family. He has multiple families. He's just like an adopted kid of the Summers family, anyway. Basically, you know? well, well nah, no, no, that's no. Take it back. But he's like, he's a, he's he's a sister wife. That's a gene, more accurate. You know, sure. Like, so it's the summer. It's Scott's house, and he's just living in it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, you can bang my wife, but. We're calling it my name. Also me sometimes, maybe. Uh, we, we don't know. Mm, I think we do. <laughs> Swordplay. These two in their relationship. Like I love Solemn's playfulness, and Wolverine is absolutely sick of all of it. He's sick of everyone in every one of these issues. He is sick of himself, too, He's I sick think. of it all, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's like, just judge me, but like, just judge me. 
Like, judge me, take me out, I'm done. Which is why I kind of like the fact that, you know, the the mark of the hero in mm-hmm. it, that the fact that it's not about him, it's about all the people he kills for, the people who don't deserve to die because of the actions of heroes and villains, the things that are going on in Judgment Day. That's what he's finding. But that's why I think he's obviously going to pass. But then you again, think obviously? I, no, I don't think any of these are None obvious because are obvious. they're all mind games. <laughs> As they destroy everything in the house, including I, Cyclops's 90s outfit. I know. How rude. Scott is going to come home and he's going to be very upset. But like also, does any of, do they live there now? No, because they live in the treehouse. Tree slash, so. slash nobody sleeps. Yeah, nobody sleeps. But they did make a dang mess. Hellbride's coming for us, bro. I got bigger problems, though. But like, let's fight together. Yeah. You kill my deity problem, I'll kill yours slash ours. I do like the way that Logan is like, listen, I'm the one who upholds my end of the bargain. I'm the one who stays true to my word. You, not so much. I just So we're going to do my thing first. Yeah. And then we'll do your thing. Because if we do your thing first, you're not going to help me. Yeah, but he's still going to screw him over. Well, obviously. He's solemn. That's what he does. Obviously. No drinks, no swords, no fun. As they escape just in time as the Hellbride and her army. How, do, how are they teleporting? Some kind of hell magic I'm unaware of? I don't know, but I have a question about her outfit. Why does she have holes where her boobs should be? Uh, you know, that's just... I have no idea. Demons? No, yeah, th- those are demon boobs. <laughs> oh, that's what demon boobs look like. Yeah, yeah. And now that she's here, she's struck with the bigger plan. Eh, you know... I don't, I'm not sure how the world gets destroyed and these people don't go to hell. Right. But for some reason, she she rationalizes it that this is an opportunity for her to take on the Celestial. I'm going to kill the Celestial. It's going to be me. Folks want badly to believe in something bigger because the scariest God you can imagine don't care. It's as cold and indifferent as the blackest corner of space, a God of nothing. That's why somebody's always trying to take control. In a family, in an office, on a court or in a chapel, in a battlefield or a state house. Make order and meaning out of all that nothing. And there's no better way to get people to kneel and weep at your altar than punishment. Every would-be god is a punisher. Wolverine. Wolverine. As we head to the North Pole. Oh, the progenitors like you, silly biscuits. Did, did you not read Judgment Day number three? I can see what's happening. Wolverine, you were there. I know you're coming for me. And I'm swerving out of the way. You lose. You've upset me just by trying. And I do love, though, that these particular pages of the art. Yeah, the chaos. They're just so beautiful. I like these little, like, snow globe. Right. Vision. In images. It's very, like, Wicked Witch of the West. Like, I see you, my pretty, in my ball of snow. And to use the beasts as sled dogs is a next level of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Celestial just being like, well, let me just make a snow monster version of myself to fight you. You can take on my ice minion for a cold day in hell. How very Elsa of you. (laughs) Big picture. What'd you think? I thought that this issue was pretty good. I mean, of all of the issues this week, not of all of, but a lot of the issues this week for me felt very... Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Right. Oh. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It was thumbs up. It was up all judgment. Right. But this at, least- at least this had the story. Right. This had 
some funny quips. This had art that I really enjoyed, a little bit of action, and it felt like it was still building momentum. Like it was it was telling you the story, setting it in where it falls in Judgment Day, focusing on Wolverine's judgment, but it didn't fall flat for me. Right. It kept it, moving. It had its own story going mm-hmm. on. It wasn't just, hey, Wolverine, you get a thumbs to the middle and we'll decide we'll come later. We'll back later, yeah. No, it, and the fact that it picked up an older plot thread and wove it in intentionally, mm-hmm. I feel like made it that much more successful. Yes. And I did love the art. Yeah. I thought the Hellbride plotting to do this and then using this as an opportunity was really cool. Mm-hmm. Catching up with Solemn is always fun. I do really enjoy him. It always ends poorly for everyone involved except everyone for Solemn. But he's definitely going to be a dirty double crosser. Maybe Wolverine will learn his lesson this time. He's not going to get a thumbs up. Solemn's getting a thumbs down. I don't know. You. What's he doing? What's his goal? I actually don't know because I can't understand <laughs> any of the, the logic is flawed. The yeah, it's are you doing what you want? Is it good? All right. I like yeah because 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 one person's getting a thumbs down for procrastinating because because they're not doing their true calling. So Wolverine gets a thumbs up because he's doing his true calling, which is killing people. Yes, killing people and grumbling about it and being alone. Slash not really alone. Insomnus is just like having sex with everyone. So that's his true calling. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Andy's calling Wolverine the book of the week. He's loving this slice of Wolverine's recent history that Percy is choosing for his moment of judgment. Mm. The art is fantastic, especially the combat panels and the scenes in hell. Percy and Vicentini knocked it out of the park. Agreed. I, I totally agree. agree. Yeah. yeah. I think this was great. I, I love Federico's art. I'm, Really excited that he's now a Stormbreaker and mm-hmm. hope that we see more of him in the future because I really liked his style in X-Deaths. I would agree with that. Eric Hoffman also enjoyed the art, even if it wasn't the regular artist. He also was here for the loner teaming up again with Somnus. It's just mm-hmm. that, you know, that bubs in the bubs where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a loner, but hey, you're all my friends. It's like he has random sidekicks, you know? In every town he visits, he's got a partner, but it's not a permanent partner. Sure. But like, also, he's really good friends with Nightcrawler. And, you know, him and Gene have a deep and long history, according to him. they don't stay together. They're only friends for the moment. And, you know, he's also kind of got a family. Listen, he's a loner. In his heart, he has to be alone. Because... Can't make connections, so everybody gets hurt. Warline Comics wants to know why did Wolverine and Solemn throw and seemingly destroy Slim's '90s outfit? I don't know. Just because they were making a ruckus, and it's a fun Easter egg. Yeah, I, I think it was just a fun Easter egg, but I think it's also a great call out. The fact that we've not seen Cyclops wear this uniform at all in the mm-hmm. Krakoan era. Mm-hmm. I think maybe once in that Fantastic Four miniseries, but I, that might not even be true. I'm glad to know that he keeps it around. Where was it? Like, was it just on the kitchen table? Yeah. Well, you know, because their rooms are adjoining, they were able to fight through multiple rooms without breaking other walls. Seems like they're always in that one, like that family room area. But then all the rooms come off of that. So they're like fighting off panel into the other rooms. Oh, I see. Off panel. 
He's also curious if this will tie into Jason Aaron and Chip Zdarsky's plots with the hand. And I honestly don't know. I think that would be a cool Marvel Universe tie-in to have mm-hmm. things connecting in the background. And especially, it seems as though Zdarsky has been playing with the X line in various ways. And they've been in communication. I see a lot of posts of him talking about stuff. And I think he was even in one of their retreats at oh, one point cool. recently. So I'd be into it. That'd be dope. Are you ready for the not-so-favorite of the week? No. I mean, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about the cover. Okay. Deviants and mutants together forever, cousins till the end. I'm a fan of this. The simplicity, the intensity, the rocks flying everywhere. You like this cover, but you didn't like the Judgment Day 3 cover? Correct. And I thought of that as I was looking at this cover. What? Why? What is the difference for you? It's the fact that they are doing something with their powers. I just, I don't know if it's... I didn't like Jean's face on the other cover. Mm, the fact that they have, there's layers with where they're standing. I like the environment coming up all around them. All right. This it's cover a- feels a little muted to me, but also so does this comic. So We get it. You didn't like it. I didn't. Page turn noise. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me Jeez. give it a real one. Page turn noise. Death to the Mutants. Written by Karen Gillan. Art by Guyu Villanova. Color art, Alex Guimares. Letters, VCs. No, no. Letters, Travis Landham. No, leave it in. No. Leave it in. You Letters said it. No, you have to leave it in. It's Travis. You have to say VCs, Travis Lanham. Letters by VCs, Travis Lanham. That's right. No. Yes. Letters by no. Travis Lanham, who VCs works Travis for Lanham. virtual calligraphy. VCs, Travis Lanham. That's what VC stands for. I know. I told you before. I, I want to get this right out of the way. You hated this interaction between Sally and Memetor. No, that's not. I didn't hate this interaction. I just... It's not the interaction that I hated. It it's is the, the lack of urgency... In this book, it feels like a Judgment Day encyclopedia. It feels like homework to read, and it literally makes me cranky when I'm done with it. Yeah. I really liked this relationship. It's completely ridiculous, and I'm here for it. The fact that we're getting insight and characterization on one of the Hex, and they're a book nerd catching up on everything that they've missed. This is what they've been doing when they take a beat. You know, this is... I'm just tweeting or texting with some random talking about books learn and, and the fact that they get to read all these things and the wasteland by t.s Eliot. yes that's fun i i mean i i was it was a wait what moment for me to be like hold on this the hex you know you don't think of them as having a personality or because they haven't been given one yet. right and so that is a cool right. tie-in and and i also thought it was kind of funny and when you know, it's like, hmm, that's a weird name. And like, what's your real name? And they're like, well, I'm tall. Right, and right. then you, you turn the page and you're like, oh, my God, what? Like, I did think that was fun. And I love this page of the four fighting. Yes. This is probably one of my favorite pages of the week. Here's my question. We'll get to it. We'll go. Wait, let's go back to the title page. So all of the art is done by the same person, but this page feels like a different art style to me than the rest of the book 
It reminds me a lot of another page later on where these four, I think, are coming through a gate. I mean, I I very much enjoy it. I was like, ooh, this is a poster you hang on your wall kind of art. Yeah, for sure. Data page on the hex. Speaking of getting that characterization, we also get some history mm-hmm. and some of the reasons why they're so excited to be out and out in the world. And another redacted line of information. But bar blank have been out for a mere matter of months in total. Six is a holy number to the Eternals. Interesting. Mm. Deviant assistants coming in. A team up for the end times. Crow wants to connect with people who may or may not be his kind and stand up against the Eternals because that's what he lives for. So this is what I will say. The first few pages of this issue, I really liked. Yep. I think this you know, little banter back and forth between Crow and Emma is fun. And I really like this idea that the Deviants are saying, you know, if the Eternals are against you and the Eternals are always against us, then we're on your side yep. because we know what it's like to be attacked by them and brought down by them and made to feel small by them. Well, and especially and, the Krakoan gate connection, the yeah. fact that are they actually related in some genetic way right yeah like i think that that is really interesting and i wish that more of the story was about the relationships and the struggle between each of the groups and less about this celestial Hmm. that's just that those are the things that i find interesting the the judgment of the individuals is not something that i find interesting when it's as thick well especially when it was so yeah across the books it was just individual judgment after individual judgment Mm -hmm. between most of these these next three issues yeah but the game time plan as he puts on his cool guy shades (laughs) and throws a deviant into the eternals this is um so I used to watch CSI Miami all the time with one of my old roommates. And we would say like Horatio Kane and the Sunglasses of Justice. Yep. That's what this is. This is Crow and the Sunglasses of Justice right now. <laughs> it's such an interesting plan and it works. And I, mm-hmm. I love the machine's narration. I will always love the machine's narration because it's just the machine is us. The machine mm-hmm. is everybody. It's just, I'm just fun and, and clever on the side. But. The fact that it works and they are now distracted by this deviant rocketing past them and they have to go attack them. Mm-hmm. By... But it's not a regular deviant. It's an excess deviant. Right. And that's what's pulling them. Mm-hmm. Because they have no choice. Right. So this panel is what I'm talking about. I mm-hmm. feel like this looks like the other. It's the texture. I think that might be the colorist. Maybe. Maybe it is the colorist. It's just the... There are like lines and and splatter dots and more, more texture in that one page that feel more like a painting, whereas the lines are cleaner in the other pages. Mm. And I like both of them, but it feels different to me. On to another data page. The first battle of the progenitor recap of the Judgment Day arc. I mean, this... Page made me question, again, who this title is for, Mm -hmm. right? Extra exposition that wouldn't fit in the main story. Is that what we're doing this for? Or another opportunity for Kieran to build out what he started in the Judgment Day? You know, because I do like the approach of giving opportunity for 
the other series writers to just take some element and run with it relative to their characters. In their individual titles. And so maybe because the main series is such broad strokes, big picture, Kieran doesn't have the opportunity to do something like this where you're really exploring their motivations and their character and and what's bringing them together. What Mm -hmm. are the details that are actually building to that? Yeah, but do we need this intense of a recap if we're reading the whole... Well, I think that that's also a symptom of Marvel Comics is that they don't intend... They're making this so that maybe you're not reading everything. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just picking up some. Most people... You know, they, they'll pick up a handful of others. I'm looking at the dark web solicitation list. And I'm like, what can I not pick up just because I'm, I'm evented out? Yeah. Okay. My only qualm with the art. Emma. Yeah. Emma. No. I, I could see it and I could hear it when I looked at it. <laughs> you knew I was going to say it. Yep. But honestly, I think Crow's looking really good. Crow looks great. Everything else looks great. Emma from afar looks great. Sure. It's Emma's close-ups that I'm not. Oh, you you would really like the... The test kitchen art of Emma. I saw this one image and I was like, yeah, Alicia's going to like this. Oh, yes, I do. Let's go. She's beautiful. So they're talking about Emma's judgment. She's really shaken by what she saw and is decompressing with Crow as they walk into the council room chamber. Mm-hmm. The deviant proverb for the win crow's history for a bit and his age his previous experience with judgment but just you know the celestials can go flark themselves go flark yourselves go float yourselves because we then do get his history at least through this new judgment this is his judgment happening Mm -hmm. with arashem the judge where the thumb of judgment comes from Mm mm-hmm there's a little confusion about this. I guess he's got good intentions to stand up with his people against the end times and to support another group that's like fighting for their survival. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the judgment isn't clear across the board. Sometimes it's very clear. Sometimes like, oh, yeah, yeah, they passed for this reason. And sometimes like, oh, what? Yeah. The other thing I thought was really interesting is that Crow gets judged for the entire race of deviants. Basically, like, yeah. They all now are encompassed in his judgment. I think it's because of the fact that he has been the deviant leader. He is the oldest of the deviants. Mm-hmm. Normally they live less than a human does. And the fact that they all followed him blindly. Mm-hmm. They followed him to this so purpose. He, whatever he does, they basically do. So and therefore, they, they don't need to be judged as an individual because they don't really make their own choices. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like the belief in their leader and willingness to fight is their key mm-hmm. and the way that this impacts them emotionally i really enjoyed like th- these are probably another set of pages that i would call out as really good in this issue just to pass as a full society must have an interesting unification feeling for them and especially in the face of all the damage that they've gotten and all the the pain that's been caused by the celestials in the past mm-hmm. the eternals not so much you know the delphine brothers they don't pass and They fight as who's to blame. Druig, come on. Are you serious? How are you going to pass? You're not going to. Is that your purpose, though? I mean, how do you work it against it? And Uranus is just like, get out of here. Come to me later after I've murdered more people. I'm not ready to be judged yet. I have to kill first. Yeah, we still got at least three issues of the main series. I need to get let out again. And we all know it's coming. (laughs) It's got to come. You don't tease the guy in the room for that long. Right. To then just leave him in the room. He's just going to stay in there. Chekhov's gun. Come on. Icarus. Icarus. The dais. This kind of cracks me up. 
I do, yeah. and look at him in every single, almost every single image of him on these two pages. He's shouting. He's shouting. He's basically like, just kill us. Just take us down. Like, we're not worthy. We're not doing our job. We're just doing a disservice to humanity. Like, just get rid of us. Right. So they've built this dais to have as a communication tool to the celestial to be able to say things to him and the first thing that said is icarus going off that we are no longer serving a purpose you should just kill us all remove us from the machine we're just not get doing us it out of the way and you know the fact that the progenitor will consider it hmm, i will consider it <laughs> you know the the real confusion and i'm glad that we don't belabor it but it's like okay even even the Eternals are like, wait, wait, how do I pass? And they don't. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you know, Fastos, you, you did something about it. You know, you, you recognize that this was a mistake and you you didn't just resign yourself to defeat. You didn't just wish that it was other ways. You actually right. did something about it. And I think that that's an interesting distinction that helps clarify some of the other things. Yeah, because for the for the sheer answer of two people saying similar responses and one person saying something different and then having the two people who have similar responses get different judgments is like what right right why when i feel like that allows it to be its own test in itself so you can see okay why would fastos pass and others fail and then he's his spot gets blown up because there's like yeah you passed because you told the mutants about it yeah and they're like you did what Hero on hero violence. I'm sure they'll team up and pull together eventually. They usually do. Oh, you? Hmm? The Celestial talks to the machine for the first time. Dun, dun, dun. Promises judgment for the world as well. For the actual Earth. But before that, we're in the Hall of Blades. You know, I think the the thing that tripped me up in this issue was also some of the, the back and forth of where we were in time. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like every section of this is serving to expand on a page or two from judgment day number three mm -hmm. and this the backstory of the blade and then how they get to star fox and what they do afterwards this connecting with his mother and and really just you know, getting some more characterization of star fox i thought it was helpful mm -hmm. some of the other stuff just this all of this narration all of this Ah, I could do it. I don't want to do it. That's, I, that's the thing that I think, you know, because now as we're going through and we're sitting here and we're talking about the issue, I'm like, all right, there's a, there's a handful of got, interesting I points. You. I got no, you. you didn't get me. But I'm like, why was I so upset reading this? And it's because of the way it's written. It's because it's so heavy in narration and so little dialogue. Like the balance between narration and dialogue, I don't like. And I just feel like I'm reading facts and I'm not reading a story. And that just start that starts to pull me out of it. Mm. It's like reading a summary of the comic instead of experiencing the comic. Especially when it's hitting back on points that I've already read in an issue. Sure. You know? Like, what is it doing for me? What is it? It's just making me reread what I already read in like a summarized Cliff Notes version. But Star Fox's mom has not been judged yet. Her judgment no longer, her judgment has not been decided, which spurs him into action for his family. So at least we now have, again, likely just the setup for the Star Fox one shot or what else is going to happen. Mm -hmm. The deals that he's going to do later on this week. 
His deals. Back to Sally. Failed because of her procrastination, not fulfilling her purpose. I, that's at least what I get from it. And So then you would say back to the conversation of Captain America versus Cyclops. So you would say Captain America is not fulfilling his purpose? He is not bringing together the world around him. That's exactly what the progenitor said to him. The fact that he's fighting to bring people closer together and the world seems even more split apart. The fact that Cyclops is fighting for the unification of his mutant people and they are the closest to that that they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And just the confidence that he has of what he's doing for the mutant people. The, the fact that you know he did this, what he felt was right to reveal, basically what started this whole event, was the fact that Cyclops revealed the immortality of the mutants. Mm-hmm. Would the Eternals have known otherwise because of Moira? Yes, I think that that was the conversation that Orcus yeah, where the hell is Moira? Orcus would have revealed it all anyway. Where's she been? Where's what's going on? She's stewing in space. She'll be back. Well, will she? I think she has to be. I'm not going to be judged for not posting my poetry. It's other things. Again, this pretty good splash page. I, I just I really like these Memator splash pages. Yes, they're great. It looks like the end of the world. The world is taking it personally. The machine that is Earth has a very bad day. Next, on Death to the Mutants number three, I fear the question, but what did you think? <laughs> I think there were some interesting points. Yep. But overall, it's too wordy for me. Too wordy and repetitive. I, yes. I would agree. You know, it was fine. It really, when you look at it as a whole, it didn't move a lot forward, but it did for specific characters and provided a lot more expansion and detail. It was probably my least favorite out of the four this week, which I think we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was as upset by it as you were, especially after you read it initially and you like came onto the patio like, what was that? I hate that book. I really just, it just, because it really just it drags me down. It ruins my mood. It just, I, my eyes want to bug out of my head and I'm like, how many pages are left of this? Mm. What do you think about Crow and Emma? I've seen some people call for a ship between no. the two. No, immediately no. He also immediately just seems, no. He also just seems to flirt with everyone. I think flirtation is is different, and and lots of people and Emma have a flirtation as hot part of their negotiation. No, I I do not ship them. No. I am I am not interested in that. <laughs> I think I made you more upset than the comic did. Eric Hoffman says it was kind of forgettable. He thinks he needs to give it a second read. Too many books. And I'd agree with that. There, there were a lot of, maybe not too many books, but the fact that I went and hung out with friends last night instead of reading over the books multiple times that I would have, mm-hmm. like I felt like there were pieces that I could have refreshed mm-hmm. and gone over again because it was a lot of information. Yeah. We didn't get very many questions on this and I didn't really I, feel inspired to ask more questions. Because, we don't need to. Sure. Because it's rehashing things that we may have already asked questions about. Like, yes, he gave us some new information, but there's really not much to question. It also doesn't really leave a lot of room for, you know, whimsical interpretation because it's very straightforward and factual with what's happening. So it's not really, right. I wonder what this means. Well, it just feels like set up an expansion, which I've kind of been saying that, it is expanding on points that he's introduced in the other title mm-hmm. and then setting up stuff that will later be followed up in in one shots and or other titles. Mm-hmm. On to Immortal, the pick of the week. Yes. 
it feels weird to talk about the pick of the week and then go to another book, which honestly, I really enjoyed the Marauders issue. I don't know how you feel or where you're at. We didn't talk about that one yet. We'll get there. We'll We'll get get there. there. We'll get there. Let's talk about Shaw. Let's talk about Shaw. Ah, this jerk and all his jerky glory. I like this cover. I do. I do. Swirling Hellfire. And, And I love the connection to Hellfire. And just the way that that's fleshed out in this. I think that's really cool to just think about how his powers would work when forged by fire, right? That's just making him stronger, literally. Yes. Yes. So let's dig in. Page turn noise. Sinister schemes. Destiny's ally. He's got the intel that inspired the attack in Judgment Day 3. I understand. That we're saying, hey, this is when this scenario is taking place. But I, and I guess because we needed to see further into Destiny's judgment. But we already got this set up. We already knew that she, you know, flubbed her information. And we already knew that she got the thumbs down. So for the first couple of pages, I was like. We didn't, we didn't know she got the thumbs down. Yeah, Yes, in the end of Judgment Day, oh, it was like yeah. Destiny and Mystique. Sure, thumbs right, down. Emma, true. thumbs down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. Honestly, I, I don't have a problem with that because I thought that her thumbs down was the most compelling of the week. Just the reasons why and what that's going to cause and the fact that she still lies about it later on. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Do we really think that Sinister is being genuine or is he manipulating things further? Is he playing his own game? I don't know. I I did feel for a moment here that he was being genuine, that he was like when he said, this is you me know, trying. this that Dr. Stasis idiot ruined everything for me. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you're just upset because you can't keep up your good front now because people question you because of Dr. Stasis. And if they're questioning you, they're going to come at you for all the things you've already been doing. Right. You don't have that front of actually being a good guy anymore so i don't know i think it's it's half genuine Mm. right it's like i need to get my face of goodness back but i'm not actually good recapping all the things that we're talking about and getting ready for that vote this was an interesting breakdown this data page to see how destiny's powers work a little bit more and, and what would lead up to even her being thrown by the fact that her odds are affected even though she knows the outcomes or I don't know it kind of this issue and in, in this scenario kind of made me upset with destiny sure like it made me not like her it made me be like not not like her but be mad at her be like you, you're not really being truthful with anybody about how your powers work yeah like you say there's that you see things, but really like you're just weighing probabilities and then deciding what you say. I mean, she sees some things and some things become more clear as the probabilities, you know, like the thing with Doug in Inferno, the fact that there was too much cloudiness until he made that choice to be there and to say those things, Mm -hmm. then the options of what could come, because there's so many different possibilities and it's all impacted by all these different choices different things and and I kind of like how this breaks that down that there's so many variables at play especially when you're talking about the council like right but the fact that one of the variables is whether or not she decides to share the information about the explosion I feel like that makes total sense though right you know 
how that will play into the compassion of some of the characters that are more Right, but that's a way for her, like, this is a breakdown of how do I, like, it's chance of voting yes, and right. I want them to vote yes. Right, so, so how do I manipulate? how do I manipulate them to vote yes? What's yep. going to give me the best odds of that? And that's not being, that's not giving them, all, like, that's that's literally not giving them all of the information. Be evil, do crime, you know? It's just, <laughs> she is a villain, and yeah. has always been a villain, even though... You know, th there are things that she's here for and expressed interest in, but at the end of the day, she seems to be protecting her own in, in however she thinks she can in the best. Yeah, I guess. I think it was just up until this point, I perceived her to be more not clouding her visions with her personal, uh, you know, needs or wants. I don't know. I felt like that, especially in her issue, too, when she who's writing that because she lies directly to Raven and, and doesn't want that truth to break her and what could. Right. But that is a, that's a loving, like I'm not, I, that's I'm withholding information from you because you don't need to know that you're going to die. Hmm. This is like, I but, want you to make a choice. So I'm is, is that withholding the information leading her to her death? You know, Maybe. Is, is, yeah, I guess right, so. that, that's yeah. the thing is, to say that there is no destiny and to recuse yourself from sharing information affects the outcome. Mm -hmm. And to be able to share that information in the same, in how Idol did not have the ability to speak the truth that they saw, the futures that they saw, mm -hmm. that was what you're talking about in the sense that they couldn't say anything. But destiny has that, that free will of to be able to say like, well, I want to affect the destiny in some way, how I can or how I see the best for whatever my goals are. Mm -hmm. Hopefully those goals align with the council or with the Krakoan people. Not always. Right. Because they all have their own secrets, their own things. Like every one of these issues has been the individual characters up to whatever they're up to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess I wasn't really thinking about her withholding the information from Mystique when I was thinking about that. And I was more just surprised of how manipulative she was being with this particular information. I guess the only thing that I got out of this, not the only thing, but a thing I got out of rehashing this conversation in this issue is that originally I thought that Sinister didn't even tell Destiny what would happen? What would happen? And now it seems that he did and she chose not to tell the council. Right. Yeah, because she saw how the vote would turn. It would be rejected. These two pages, complete recap, right? Mm -hmm. Timed, failed, the attacks, making it personal to destiny. This is this is how I like my recap. Sure, right. Beautiful Tiny bit art. Of just like, boop, a little... One little nugget of words in the beautiful art to say, remember these, this previously on X-Men. Right, right, right. Even the, this one page was like, yeah, I remember that image. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that image. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, when everything blew up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Bones, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And there was Jean and she was She crying. was upset. And then now this turn of destiny to then make it personal for her and to continue her story in this and ugh, to see Raven as the celestial judging her in her old timey garb right the, from their original love and and how that means so much to irene and how that ain't your mother irene right exactly to then lie about it further even though she's told right now mm -hmm. 
that you are being judged because you lie. You you sh withhold this truth. And then she just keeps on doing it. She just keeps on doing it. Now, what is that about? So so do you think, in just bringing back to this conversation of like... How are they judged? Yeah, living up to your potential or whatever. It was that you used as a phrase that was eloquent that I can't think of. Um <laughs> Is it because her fullest potential would be to give all of the information to get the best outcomes? Right. And so because she's not doing that, she's not living up to her fullest she, potential of her powers? It's very similar to why Emma fails, mm -hmm. is that she's trying to game it. She's mm -hmm. trying to manipulate it to suit what she wants and not trying to impact negatively the people that she cares about. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I feel like what I got out of the conversation or the thought when it pertains to Emma specifically was that, which I guess is kind of what you just said, is that if Emma's motto is for the children, but and, she sometimes does things for her own. Right, or, or she abstains because she knows that that's going to give her deniability of this attack if it goes the wrong way. Like She is not living true to what she's saying mm -hmm. is her potential or what she at least believes is her, her purpose. Her justified purpose. Yeah. <sighs> In the damned, there will be the most perfect hate. They will wish all the good were damned. Thomas Aquinas. Summa Theologica. Oh, hey, we're here at a title page. Hellfire is an eternal flame. Part six, the devil's party. I got to say, too, like, I was like, okay, this is all good information, but isn't this issue supposed to be about Shell? Right. Yeah. From here on out, we yeah. get it. Yeah. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Lucas Wernick, colors David Curio, letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. And I do like, like, I, I hate how much I like Sebastian Shaw in this I issue. I loved. This is, this is why this was my favorite issue. Right. Because I like, I love to hate Shaw. Sure. I love a skeevy little butt face that I can, like, watch weave his web and get upset by but also like i enjoy his snooty little remarks sure you know but what i'm saying is making me empathize for him by showing me how he was raised to be this way by yeah. his father mm -hmm. like don't make me feel that kieran don't make me feel no, bad do it. for him do it kieran make us feel it just the way he thinks about people in terms of money is upsetting <laughs> Oh my God. Honestly, Lucas, please draw my women all day, every day. Everyone in this issue is beautiful. Yeah. Men and women. All the people. Just look at Emma. Just look at her sitting there. Just look at her sitting there with her little hands Poised. crossed. Look at Kate holding her head. Look at that luscious hair on all of them. Yeah. As Emma reveals that she's got more details than she should about judgment. They're like, hey, what were you speaking from experience? Have you been visited by the celestial brain experience? Mm, you know what I love? What is such like maybe a subtle detail is we're getting voiceover from Shaw, which is essentially his internal monologue, right? right? So he says in his head, playing both sides, making a careful bet, smart, right? He says that in his head. Emma gives him the side eye. She heard him say that mm -hmm. inside mm. her head. Because why else would she be making that disgusted look at him? He didn't say anything. He's just sitting there. But she heard him say it inside her mind. I loved it. I like that. 
Kate's got an uninteresting judgment story that we never get to see, which no. I'm kind of upset about. Right. Especially in Marauders. I feel like that was a key opportunity. Literally, why do we get to hear everyone else's? Sure. Except for Cassandra. No, even Cassandra's. No, she, we didn't no not Cassandra's. But like, yeah. Why not Kate? Okay, anyway. Xavier. Hey, guys, if I die, can you not make big decisions without me? I mean, it's fair. It is fair. Okay. I just like. I got so much less upset when Storm said it than when Xavier said it. Well, and also just the fact that she is agreeing with Charles in this, that, mm-hmm. hey, we are supposed to be equal parties in this, even though he obviously was not an equal party in the beginning. He, at least since then, has been trying to be of a shared council. No comment. No comment. Abstained. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Destiny lies again. She talks about being visited by her mother. Not true. I'm a businessman with business plans. I'm a businessman with a business plan. I'm going to make you money in business land. I'm a cool guy talking about GameStop. I'm definitely not a cop. I can't be taken away by these non-millionaire children. Oh my God. This was insane. The, but also very Sebastian Shaw. It's like, hey, I'm going to burn a million dollars on my, my father's God. grave. I was like, I was, on, I, I know it's, it's a fake story and it's fake money, but I was like, what? You, what? You're just burning a million dollars? Yeah. That's a million dollars. Just, just for the sole just, purpose of keeping him in hell. Just come over here and, and flaunt your million dollars in your dad's face and, and be like, haha, you're dead. You don't need to burn it. That's oh, a no. million dollars, man. No, oh, I got this great Sentinel investment cooking. Oh, Shaw. Let's do something. Storm's on Charles's side, and we've got eternal plans. I do love the fact that Emma and Storm are the understood new leaders. Like, yes. Everyone like, looks at uh, Emma and Storm. Look at Storm. Look at Emma. Storm and Emma look at each other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I guess that's this. good. Yeah, you can go and take Leland and Wings, which is Angel, right? We're not even going to call him by his name. Well, Shaw calls him Angel. Oh, the, the angel boy is what threw me off. It's like, no, he's, he's just angel or archangel or Warren, I guess. The angel boy. The angel boy. And then immediately thrown into one of these tests we're supposed to be wary of. Yeah, this I definitely had to go. Like, I flipped back like three times. To see if you were. Because it was like a sentence was cut off. Like, Emma was talking and then all of a sudden Exodus is. Doing the, the, the God to hand reach sure. with his like old lover. And I'm like, wait, what, 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 what is he, happening? He is thrown into a test and somehow the council is also there in Exodus's judgment, which is completely unique. Right. No one else sees someone else's judgment. Is it because their were, psychic connection? I think, I think be, could have been, but also, yeah, maybe the other people are alone when it happens because I don't know, or maybe Exodus's judgment has to involve them because it has to do with where his faith lies and where his loyalty lies and so it's it's is it at this in this thing in the past or is it where he needs to be loyal in the present which is the council so like choosing them over this other thing is part of his judgment like maybe they're involved in it in some way yeah well he's immediately failing except but then we're just gonna burn all shaw's clothes off and it's gonna be fine he's gonna can't do it sorry but yeah Seemingly the entire council is just watching as this happens. And Shaw's like, okay, do I have to be a hero? Do I have to punch our ally in the face? Well, they can't go into the hellfire or they will burn up. Diamond Emma. 
Steel Colossus. Yeah, you right. Teleport Nightcrawler. Face through that fire. Face through the fire. Every (laughs) almost every single one of them could have done it. Storm can douse the fire in water. Yeah, you're right. But then we wouldn't get naked punching Shaw. Sure. Yeah. We wouldn't get him to be able to say, "I am Sebastian Shaw." Uh, the hellfire only ever makes me strong. Which I love. I yeah. love as a concept. Because it's true. It's how his powers work too, right? Right. But he's the worst as we see in this conversation. You know, oh, there's there's an Orcus opportunity to bet in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to invest in some new death machines for the, the death of the mutant people. Because but do I regret the Sentinels? Only that I didn't buy more. Right. right. And buy it sooner so I would have made more money. A test that he undoubtedly fails and does not realize until it's too late. I also love that he assumed that the test was his father. Sure, And then he turned around and it was Emma. Yeah, I thought that was really great. I also just, I love his his ability to relish in the fact that he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not changing anything. I've done bad guy things my entire life. There's nothing. He's never been on Krakoan being like, I'm renewed. Right, no. He's like, nah, I'm still Sebastian Shaw. But the part that I really love is the fact that this experience being judged by Emma affects him in a very intense way later on. Well, I think it's it's a realization for him. Like, I think he's been in denial. He he puts up this front of like, oh, Emma. Right. But he actually feels inferior to her. Sure. He feels threatened by her. And he's been trying to put up a front that he's just disgruntled about her. But the progenitor sees differently. Yeah. He's just so angry about it. He's so like prepared to die because of it. Mm-hmm. I care, and I care not one fig for your judgment. One fig. Yeah. An old jot. Like, what are these words, Kieran? Well, it's, <laughs> it's Shaw. Sure, sure. You know, I get it. I get it. But I'm not of that world. No. But he's going to have a drink. And there's the angel boy. I didn't even see him behind oh, Shaw's chair at first. Oh, who's he talking to? Eh, just hellfire ladies. I guess that's Leland on the other side. Must be, yeah. As Star Fox and Sebastian have their meeting, this business deal till the end, the impact that the meeting with the Celestial Frost has on him. This is the same scene. This riot fight explosion... That is happening in Wolverine. This guy in this like tan jacket with this hat on. This happening outside. One is in New York and one is in San Francisco. Well, they look awfully like the same exact scene. They're, that guy is, both guys are wearing tan jackets. Both guys are wearing beanies. There's like riot, a riot going on. Fire everywhere. It looks like the same scene. I think it's just to underscore the fact that this is happening all around the world and people are losing their minds because of how they're being judged and what danger is before them. But they are very much so in different parts of the country. They are? Says San Francisco on Solemns. Says New York. Fine. You're right. Whatever this deal is, it's going to help the children. Yeah. I don't... Am I missing something? I don't do know, I, but do I, just, I know what's going on? I just on? like that he, he used it. I like, do too. Oh, yeah. For the children, that's what we're doing. But he's genuine with it because he feels changed. And even his reflection after the fact, you know, like if I had something, I mean, he's changed 
in that exchange, but I as was like, he now but uses a, a heart and a pentagram to summon Mother Righteous. Which there were a couple references, which I know that that uh, Legion of X was be- is behind, right? Sure. Yep. So clearly, we're going to get some gaps filled in because there's references to things that are happening in Legion of X and Marauders as well. Right. But Mother Righteous is like, sell me your soul and I'll make you more powerful, essentially, right? Basically. Yeah, so, I got my floating orbs. I give you a banshee skull. I'm a businessman, woman. So Shaw's doing something. I, I was I was very surprised when I was like, who's this well, person going to be? Who's this going to be? What it's are- also interesting to connect that to Celine's animation of the external gate. Because mm-hmm. that's what they're saying is that she has been working with Mother Righteous. She was overpowered by Mother Righteous to do that. Mm. And he knows that. And right. he's like, that's okay. I want you to overpower me. Well, that's that's what he's here for. Yeah. yeah. Try again. Next issue, Nightcrawler on the cover. Ah, Nightcrawler. What'd you think? I love this issue. I thought this was just the right amount of judgment and also still like gave me what I what I enjoy about Immortal X-Men, which is these individual insights into the characters. And I feel like I really got to know Shaw better and, and to see his backstory and to get a glimpse into the CD things that he does when mm. he leaves the council room. And yeah. even though, you know, it's like I hate Shaw, I really like him as a character. I yeah. think he's a really interesting character. So I liked getting to... I feel like I really got to know See him that in this. a little more, yeah. And I, I really like, even though we have the convention of them being individual issues about specific characters, we still also have these connection points. The fact mm-hmm. that Garrington from last issue of Exodus's art is in this issue. Yes. Right? The fact that Emma is still conflicted by her place and what she's doing in this. The fact that we're still getting these references to Celine at the front. Right. The, the fact the bullet in her head because of hope in right. issue like what, two or three? Two, I two? think. Two, yep. Yeah. No, I, I really liked it. As a tie into the event, I did think it talked a lot about things, but again, didn't move them forward. I felt like it was it was very much so focused on developing Shaw's perspective, which I don't mind. It just felt like, it felt like there was more meat to the issues of Immortal X-Men that were not tied to Judgment Day. Mm, interesting. I, I agree, but I also disagree because I think that this, the scheming and the question of okay like so many of the instances where people are judged and we're just seeing like your judgment your judgment your judgment we just see the judgment and that's the end of it and this was like okay well now that we've been judged what are we doing like what are our next steps how do we move forward from this Mm. and so even though maybe it didn't action wise take it forward momentum wise the characters are still the characters are looking ahead and characters are plotting and making moves for what's next instead of just being handed their judgments. Well, I just feel like we've been sitting around this table thinking about what's next for a little while. And mm-hmm. that, that was really the feeling that I got from it. I, I loved the issue. I'm not saying... Yeah, but then Shaw went and made deals with devils. Sure. So there was a little bit of moving forward. I but... love the art. 
Love yes. the back and forth yes. between the council, the just the characterization that they're getting. Barusu33 wants to know, what do we think of Emma Frost being who Shaw sees in his judgment? I think it's great because I think their relationship is really important because of how their relationship has developed over time where like Emma kind of got her legs in hellfire, right? And like started to find her strength under Shaw, essentially. And then ousted And him. now, right. And so I think it's I think it's interesting. And I think they've been really, throughout Krakoan history, like the, throughout the Krakoan era, they've been really playing at that push and pull of their relationship and, and what it actually means for Shaw. So I think for Emma to be the one to kind of judge him, I think he thinks about that all the time. Yeah. No, I thought it was and the fact that it surprised him so much mm-hmm. and that he was not prepared for it and then just how much he was impacted by it. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I thought that was probably that and Irene's, you know, yeah. th- these were some of the best judgments that we've gotten all week. Mm-hmm. Eric Huffman needed more Shaw, loved the narration and is ready for his business deal with Mother Righteous. Yeah. I feel like we could have gotten more Shaw. Yeah. I feel like that was probably more of the interesting part. And, you know, maybe maybe that's why I'm, I'm feeling like the judgment day element or the, the around the council table didn't really move forward very right. much. Right, like we were... with Destiny and then Exodus and right. all of that. Right. Yeah. BMCG2 is wondering if it was just him or was Sebastian Shaw looking like a whole meal? Just a little snack. Yeah, no, whole, full whole on meal. main course. I mean, I, I will say when Sebastian Shaw's clothes started coming off, I was like... I don't think I expected him to be like that ripped. I mean, the man converts energy I, into Yeah, I don't know strength. what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I'm foolish, you know? clearly. Warline Comics says that the Celestial pulled a gene from New X-Men 139 on Emma and says you need to read the issue. I need to read the yeah, issue. Yeah, to check it out. I'll add it to the list of amazing recommendations. Sure. <laughs> people, I wish I could just read all the things people tell me to read because... I'm sure I would love all of them, especially when people know specific characters that I love so much and are so good at pinpointing, like, you would really enjoy this story because you love this character. Oh, gosh. One day I'll read them all. Yeah, it's been about 20 years since I've read New X-Men 139. Uh, I I did not have time to to look it up and to get the reference, but one day. One day. On to the final book. (sighs) Marauders. Marauders number six. Okay. You know how I feel about the cover. It's not my favorite art style, but I like the the layout. Yeah. Except I think Kate should be in the front. She's the captain. I mean, yeah, I guess. She's got swords. We got we got knives. You know, you put the guy with healing factor in the front so you can take the bullets. Yeah. Okay. I I honestly I feel what you've said about the covers in the past there's been a couple ones that have really i've really liked the one with tempo on the cover Mm -hmm. as everything was going chaotic around her and i I do like this one i feel like especially thematically as the team faces the aftermath of judgment or or prepares for judgment i feel like is really interesting and really cool yeah i really like the layout and and the energy of it it's just the art style is not my right. favorite. Page turn noise. Back to the theater of pain. What is... Okay. Yep. 
What? I'm glad that we kind of know a little bit more about what's going on with Brimstone Love and Lockheed, but also then it's going to disappear again immediately. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is like a deep seed, right? Steve Orlando is working with a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a criticism of his first arc with this and with the thresholders and the Shi'ar. And you know, he's building a lot of seeds because he has multiple stories that then weave together. And we've seen only one other page similar to this of Lockheed in New Jersey from issue two. It was the first page of that issue where Lockheed is flying through a church and you see like love spray painted on a wall. Yeah, yeah. I just got excited when I started reading this because I was like, ooh, we're going to get this story now. Yeah. But then we, we will didn't. get it. Well, it's the fact like, that this is the this is the Marauders Peacock Man. I want to know what's going on here. Yeah, but it's only issue six. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying. We still don't know the Peacock Man, and it's issue 30-something. I know, but this smiley-faced rat is coming for Lockheed, and I'm not here for it. No, nobody is. Stay away from my dragon. Hey, it's a title page. Can you face yourself? Even Odds of Destruction. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Andrea Brocardo, color art Matt Miller, letters and production Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Pride's Recap. A little in-world knowledge drop on the problem we have and how it could relate to the Marauder's mission. I think, you know, this is where I was feeling the the difficulty of reading all of the books in an event. And especially in, mm-hmm. a, in a week where four tie-in issues come out. Yeah. It, and I feel like that hits you over the head with, okay, hey, yeah, this happened last time. This is what's happening now. Hey, yeah, this is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. The progenitor, big guy, bad yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere. He's did everywhere. you forget? Did you forget? Because, oh, yeah, Legion's head was there. But I did, in not knowing, in not having that information of Legion of X, knowing that we've got people trapped, that was a cool, that was like, oh, yeah, that is a Marauder's mission. Go save those mutants. Right, and even Storm mentioning the fact that the gate to Araco has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. She's in X-Men Red on Araco, so she finds some way. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe through this gate here. Yeah, perhaps. This one that we're slowly going, growing that Fabian's not having anything to do with. Well, is, is he trying to speed raise the gate? Like I don't know what he's doing, I, I but think that's the what... burn of, what does she say? We have a pair on the ship that does what you do and we don't need you. It's yeah. like... Woof, that is hurtful. Sure, yeah. Data page. Hashing out the plan with Birdie to work through the Judgment's past. I really like the setup. I do too. And I liked getting to know the stories of each of these. However, the fact that Birdie's like, no, I don't want to know how you were judged though. I don't want to know if you got the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I'm like, yo, Birdie, but I do. If you're going to tell me the whole story, at least tell me the outcome. (laughs) Too much judgment, not enough judgment. Well, you're going to tell me you're the whole me. story sure, yeah, yeah, of yeah. it and then you're not going to tell me the outcome like these I was in this way of of going through each of the judgments I found way more interesting. Yeah. And because I because got it to felt what it, what it meant to them and right. we really got to explore certain characters in a lot of these ways you didn't know like you don't know Randall and Malcolm, you know. Right, right. And and my issues with Part of Marauders before was that I felt like I wasn't getting to know the characters and getting character development, and this is this, giving me this that. But like, if it. you're going to do all of that, and then you're not going to tell me whether they got thumbs up or thumbs down, like, well, it seemed like some of them maybe judgment had not been passed yet either. Okay, 
I we'll have to go we'll have to talk about it when we go through it because I think I was under the impression that Birdie just was like I'm not here to talk about what the outcome is I just want to know how you feel about the experience yeah I mean that's basically what she says and she says throughout I also think like her powers are cool and knowing that you know it, she's been mentioned a few times um in Sabretooth right Sabretooth and then there was another issue where she shows up for yeah. the first time I think it was legion of x mm-hmm. so they're like slowly bringing her back through the world which, which I, think I think is cool yeah it is cool and I, I like this idea of the way she uses her powers to help calm and and she's sort of like a commutant like therapist yeah no that's really cool yeah malcolm and randall working on bishop judgment comes for bishop in the form of his not so forgotten friends so these are the people that he traveled to our time with Mm. And they were killed. I really like this overall concept working within the challenge of judgment. I felt like this did something really unique in yeah. what was otherwise a, a lot of, all right, you you passed for these reasons, you passed for these reasons, but really getting to the core of how it affected the characters. Yeah. And I got to say something as a side note. The way in which the progenitor appears to people makes everyone look like Cable. Yeah, right, because the, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is just Cable. Oh, now you're Cable. No, you're Cable. Yeah. I, I also thought it's really nice insight into Bishop as a character in saying, in, in his saying, like, it's not that I don't want these guys back yet. It's that I don't think the the world is good enough for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're his best friends. You know? Yeah. These are the people that he fought with, with Xavier's secret enforcers or something. But at the same time, I'm like, bring them back. Bring them back. (laughs) Come on. Come on. So, well, what do you think then? In this instance, we don't know. Do you think Bishop got the thumbs up or the thumbs down? I think he got the thumbs down because the fact that he's not doing what he can to bring these people back. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, is he sharing all of the information that he might have of this time frame or of this world or of this place? And the fact that he just doesn't care about what it means to him, you know, you're not going to tell me, you know, I'm not special. I don't, I don't need to do all those things. I, I am who I am and I'm doing what I can. Mm-hmm. V headlock, justify your existence with these cards. I don't think I knew that she had all these personalities. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so that's that's part of her backstory, and stuff that you don't know because you don't know her mm. previously, right? Is it similar to like how no. Legion is, or completely different? Comple- well, not completely different. I mean, she it's not connected to her powers in the way that Legion's is. Got it. So like Legion's personalities can not only create others of them, but they're also different people. Mm-hmm. You know, Aurora is just other versions of herself. Mm-hmm. He has distinctly different persons in his brain. Got it. Now, who is this guy? Headlock. Have I seen him anywhere before? Nope. Deep cut. I don't even know him. An editor's note would be nice. There's a couple points where I was like, yeah, I really could have used an editor's note mm. from where that was. Does she pass? We don't know. We don't need to know. Okay. You don't need to know. Sure. I want to know. Digging in with tempo, the feelings that the progenitor is able to know of each person, the deep history that he's able yeah, to pull out. how does he because he's in all of their minds he's able to project into their minds he's able to read all of their minds the fact that telepathy is a very eternal thing and mm. the eternal's connection to the celestials you can only imagine especially with the powers of a god yeah that they're able to do this on a mass level this was a cool 
way for me to know a little bit more about Tempo's history too. Yeah, right? I Again, this was another point where I would have loved to know what issue of X-Force to go back to to reread because mm-hmm. it's been a while. I don't necessarily remember what was in that issue or what wasn't. And I say X-Factor or X-Force? You said X-Force. Oh, good. That's what I meant. Good. <laughs> you pulled a me. It looks like Sumo is coming back and Tempo doesn't care what her result is either. Hmm. I know you do. I do. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it in the next issue. Maybe. Slicing Sinister. I love that Psylocke was like, yeah, well, if you didn't want me to try to kill you, then don't come back as the person I literally hate more than anything yeah. in the whole world. It's got to be a little cathartic, obviously, before all the trauma that he brought up <laughs> like, with the dead oh, daughter. Well, you know, you're going to kill me as Sinister? Okay, well, then I'm going to do my judgment as your baby. Yeah, that was twisted and messed up, but also really interesting as a way to like that's that's what's cool about this because we dig in a little bit more mm-hmm. than you know it, it's it's like everybody's getting their destiny in Shaw moment yes right and those were so clean and clear and and well done that we're getting a full thing you know everything else in the three in death to the mutants was kind of rushed over mm-hmm. or five or six however many it was too many too many to go without really investing me in their story. Right. This was just as many, if not more, but that's what this that's what this issue is about. It was all focused on it, right? right? And and even getting her character development, this motivation of why she's doing what she's doing in mm-hmm. these pages as she's holding what could be her child or a, a version of her child. Mm-hmm. And and this for Somnus, I loved this doing so much good character development for a very new character, mm-hmm. the struggle to be who you are. This reminded me of the issue that we just talked about with Iceman yeah. and, and really coming to terms with who he is and, and how he feels bad about his history and how he didn't let that happen previously. You know, that's North Star, right? Yeah. Okay. No, and I, I like that it's because North Star is often looked at as an openly gay mutant, right? Everybody knows like that. Um, it was a big story. Right. His in, wedding, his everything was like. Well, even years before that. So what this his, is referencing when he first came out. In and his was, Canada outfit. Right. Yeah. When he was first publicly revealed to be a gay man and a gay superhero. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he was the first. That makes sense. Right. And it's like someone that is looked up to and and, and now he's here. You're here in my right. room. Yeah. And just this. This image of Somnus with the background whited out and him deep in reflection, Mm -hmm. but also just the dream power to just be able to throw you out of here. You're in my house. This is where I am God. You want to come at me in my house? No. And the reassurance of him living his truth now. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Because I feel like he passed. He passed. Right. That's my assumption. Akiro, and again, a, a very interesting way to have this come to you, right? This mind manipulation, the twist of the challenge showing up as yourself. Yeah, what I thought was interesting is the choice of monkeys being the beasts that he associates with. I think that was the association that the progenitor was making, right? So this is a place that he knows and goes to in his mind, separate from seeing himself as a monkey this is just where monkeys live Mm -hmm. and he he visits this place in his mind in his meditations and 
the progenitor as him as Akira is making this comparison to being one among the beasts. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we may be we may be sticking with Fang. Rocking that Fang. Maybe, maybe. He's got many names. He's got many names, but at least he earned he this earned name. He earned this yeah, name. Which I thought was interesting. And and part of just who he is and, and a cool way to go about finding this new growth for himself. Mm-hmm. And All right. This is a great way to use that dreamscape. Yeah. That space. Like and I liked the Kate, if you just give us ten minutes in here, we're gonna we're going to be able to work, work through, through all, all of, the stuff. of the stuff. Yeah, this new mutant circuit of what they're able to do. You know, I don't necessarily think we need more of these, but no, this, but this as cool. a concept a cool was really yeah. great and really working with these two characters to break new ground. Hyperbolic time therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the gate's done. But this is, again, my one criticism of the book that I, I just... Kate gets relatively zero panel time and no exploration of her judgment and was not really in the book for the first few other issues. That we're, other than that, we're saying like, you got a thumbs up, but we don't really know why. We don't know why. Cassandra is always a highlight. Her twisted nature and back talk. <laughs> oh, here Cassandra. For I, I also still love that she's wearing the Kin Crimson hat. Like yeah. she's like, no, this is mine now. It's part of the look. This is part of my costume. Yeah, you know, I, I, this is who I am. I slayed this dragon. Mm-hmm. I own this hat. The gate is done. Get all your your laurels, Fabian. You did work as Judas Traveler readies a media campaign using all of these events to build support for Orcus on the other side of Judgment Day. Do I know who this dude is? Thunderbird Giant Size. Okay. He was the one with the organization, the, the Heritage Foundation mm-hmm. or something like that? Yes. But now it's very clear that he is working with Orcus explicitly. And that was, there was another issue that I think was maybe an Infinity comic that they brought up the Heritage Foundation and Orcus. Like they they sort of started talking about it. Because I remember, I remember us going over and saying, oh yeah, okay, we had questions of whether or not they were related to Orcus, but now we're starting to see that they are. And this is then that like stamp of, yep. Yeah. They are. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Next, the Rediscovered Country. As we turn to our final data page from Cerebra. I don't know if I fully understand it. She is the element necessary to unlock the data in the time drive. That is cool. But are you saying to me, like, it's interesting that in 2099, Kr- Krakoa is like a distant memory of the past. Right. And I also love the nod to the fact that everyone's dead except Rogue. Because Rogue's sitting around campfire telling us stories of Krakoa. Rogue and Cable, they're here. All those many, many moons ago. Yeah, but Krakoa. But Cable, like, he Younger time travels. Yeah, so yeah, right, it's right. Well, Rogue different. also has access to a lot of other powers at her full strength. So is it because of a healing mm-hmm. factor? Is it because of the ability to... Right, because sink. resurrection isn't a thing. Right. Intrigue. Is that an alternate future? We're not going to end up there, you know? Right. I believe so. Resurrecting the past. Dun, dun, dun. Which looks like we're not going to get a second Judgment Day issue for Marauders. It's going to go to the Thresholders plot. Therefore, we're not going to get to know how those folks were judged. Nope. Is that, that's your big... That's the only issue I have. Did you, what did you think I otherwise? Like, okay, not the only issue. Kate. Just not even, like, I, I was actually, I, Comic Extracts sent me... In an Instagram message today, the like Batman slapping Robin meme 
with like Robin saying, well, you need to know this about the, the 10 this and the things da, 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 and all the things from Marauders. And then Batman slaps him and he says, but where's Kate? And I was like, that's everything exactly in my life. That's right. I laughed so hard at it for like literally a solid minute and a half just laughing. Well, but, and then from Pastry Jordan talking about the fact that this feels like it's not the Marauders. Right. right? It, right. it just doesn't feel like it's carrying on the name but is but not very the, distant the from the message of the story, right. right? However, when I so I hadn't read the issue yet when I saw that, and I don't think Comic Extracts had read it yet either. He just sent it to me, and or hadn't finished it. And um, I was like, okay, Kate's here, and she's doing what Kate in the Marauder set out to do. She's here to rescue Ties these back mutants to, the mission. to to be here to be an ambassador for them when they they come back and. I thought that that was, I liked that. I I would have liked that she be treated like the rest of the team and we find out, like I would have liked for her and Cassandra to also, you know, get a breakdown of their judgment. Um, But I thought the issue itself was a good issue. I I really liked the way the team worked together. I liked getting to know each of the characters. I didn't love the art. Oh, yeah. Um, it was just faces. I didn't love some there's, of the faces. There's one specific panel of Kate where there's like her nostril is really far to the left. And it's because like the bridge of her nose is not seen. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like she's got a nostril floating on the side of her face. <laughs> no, for me, it was like the, I don't know. I, I like it when, I mean, this is going to sound like shallow, but like, I like it when she looks prettier. <laughs> And when she looks more, like, I guess more regal and and stronger. And I just, you know, it's like silly picky things. Like, her white shirt should be a little bit longer and a little bit more flowy. And, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't mind the art. This is the same artist as the last issue. I really liked how they drew Birdie. I felt like I yes, it wasn't everyone. It was like really liked Bishop. It yeah. was Kate and it was Psylocke for me. Yeah. Like some of like this wide shot of Psylocke, this shot of Psylocke. I like this close up of Psylocke. I'm not a fan of this close up of Psylocke. I'm not a fan of, but the, again, that's just super picky because I yeah. really like the layouts and I, you know, I thought a lot of the other characters looked really really great like bishop looks great all these iterations of people you know tempo is one that i also not like a i think for me what it is is i like when artists draw more definition in characters faces so more like cheekbones and shadowing and things that give their face more texture and more depth versus when their faces look more just nose mouth round yeah um Honestly, I thought this was the best Marauders issue so far. Uh, I think, you know, the fact that and the fact that it came at a point where we've had so many things introduced mm-hmm. in this title to just take a second to pause and feel out these characters and get to know them a little bit better, mm-hmm. which I feel like has been missing from yes. the first five issues. I would agree with that. It just I was interested in everyone's story. And it was palatable right like it was telling me things about these characters but in a and it wasn't depth right right. like we got to know so much about so many different characters and even though what you're saying of saying oh i would have liked an editor's note about that in all honestly like 
maybe for you that was great that would be great because you would be a person who would actually go back and read those other issues I wouldn't so generally I don't so it gave me like each of the stories gave me enough information to understand what was happening in the story like I didn't really feel confused yeah I wanted to know what their judgments were but I also understand that this issue was about the idea of 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 processing the meaning behind the, your test and not necessarily worrying about your judgment. Right. And so, in all honesty, all honesty, I can let go that I don't know. I can make my own assessments if I want to. Yeah, I I just I was able to like sit back and enjoy this issue instead of having to like really think when I was reading it and honestly, reading it last after some of the other issues this week that I felt were very Text heavy. Text heavy and and just information explosions. Like I, it made me like it even more because it was just a nice palate cleanse and and I think a new, you know, a fresh page of like okay, we finished that arc and we are going to carry on with that story, but we're we have kind our, of like we're our, doing a mouthwash. Yeah, we have our bookends to check in on some other plots. Yeah, we're yeah, doing a recalibrate. Brimstone you know? love over here and. Cerebra and the thresholders over here. Mm-hmm. And understanding more about Cerebra and the fact of like why she's there mm-hmm. and how her powers work and how she's going, like the literalness of saying, I'm going to be able to be the, I'm Cerebra, so I'm going to be the Cerebro for these mutants who are trapped in this box yeah. that you don't have a backup of and you don't have any way of accessing that information. Yeah. Hmm. PJ was not feeling it. All not right. feeling it, Mr. Krabs. It's fine. PJ. The Marauders issue was especially not for me. Well. Uh, and I think actually uh, most of the, Eric Huffman said it was a bit better, this issue. The characters have a lot of baggage, almost Hellions level. And mm, that's a good that's point. You know? I think that maybe, I mean, I love I loved Hellions, so. Right, right. I don't think it was, I don't think he's comparing it to no, Hellions no, no. as a title, just the baggage that those characters had but going it makes, into it. That's what makes made that team so interesting was being able to learn about those and characters and, and then explore and how, how that affected them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel like we haven't gotten any of that in no. this, except a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Warlion says, Marauders is the book where nothing will ever happen. It's making him miss Jerry's Marauders, which he wasn't a fan of, which Ooh. like that's two strikes on you, Warlion. I'm sorry. That's, yeah. You can't not be a fan of Jerry's Marauders, okay? Yeah, we're big fans. <laughs> I mean, you can be whatever you want to sure. be. Sure, you're right. But I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I do ag- miss Jerry Jerry's Marauders. Though. I would agree, I agree that, with that. I would agree with you know some of the issues, but it built such uh, an enjoyment for the general story. It was like after the second arc, after like issue twelve or, or fourteen, after Emma and Kate taking down Shaw. That was the best. That was the best, and then it kind of got too big for one book to tell all the story. As she looks away. <laughs> Don't talk to me about getting too big for one book to tell the story when you're referencing that. This, the first arc of this run. Well, that's what she's, that's what he's saying, though. It's yeah. making him miss the other one. Yeah. Do you want to know what's coming next week? Or... Yeah. Well, first, let's talk about what are we talking about? What is the second half of this week's books? Let's get some options because I didn't buy Ghost Rider. Mm. I know Wolverine is the main character in it, and that's going to kick off an arc. I just don't care. <laughs> I just 
That's okay. It's, it's not that I don't care. It's just, is there really going to be anything that happens that's going to impact his story otherwise? Is he really going... It might because it's also written by Ben Percy. Mm. I just... I don't want to jump in on a ghostwriter story that's like six issues in. I have to say, like, I'm proud of you for not just like that picking up another comic to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have otherwise, but it was a big week. Mm-hmm. But X-Men and Moon Girl. Yep. And New Mutants. New Mutants. And then I think we were going to take some time and talk about like the current state of Krakoa. Yeah, just kind of do like a wash over recap. Where's everybody at? What's going on? What's the status? Trying to get a handle as we head into the second half of Judgment Day. Yes. Because next week. Next week. Judgment Day number four. Oh, man. Amazing Spider-Man number nine, the Hellfire issue. Ooh. Tying in with Wolverine on the cover. Mm-hmm. X-Men Red number six. Oh, thank God. I've been waiting so long for the hour of Magneto. Yeah. X-Men 92, House of 92 number five, the final issue. Ooh-hoo. And then Midnight Suns number one, which I feel like hits a, di- a similar chord where, all right, Wolverine and Magic are in it. And I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Krakoa, but Wolverine and Magic are in it. Yeah, so. I don't know. We'll we got to read it. Magic is in it. We'll see. Magic is in it. All right. Well, you got to he- go to the comic shop and get it. All right. <laughs> Chris, I'm coming. You don't know what I look like, but I'm coming. I think he does. He's no, the only uh, the only times I've ever come with you to the comic shop were like the height of COVID where like only one person could go in no. and I'd stand outside. <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever actually met Chris in person. Oh. But anyway, we did it. We did. Until next time, old friend. Charles, why are you being left out of the vote? Because he's dead. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 